Today on The Big Inside, we're going to be opening the discussion on where our motivation, inspiration, and drive really comes from. And we're going to think about the sources of motivation, how they might be hidden in plain sight right within our bodies rather than within our thoughts. Now, stay tuned for The Big Inside. It's another Monday night somewhere. And you know what that means. It's time once again for The Big Inside. Broadcasting from the world-famous Public Alley 701 in the highly motivated city of Boston, Massachusetts, welcome back to The Big Inside, where we connect what transforms the body with what transforms the world in order to turn our perspectives on both inside out. We're all about the conversation, not the education, but with a little luck, you'll probably end up learning something along the way. If not, you can just go back to your Cheetos and premium cable TV or whatever. But before we get started, I think you're probably already noticing something, something really unique. We're back. You are actually listening once again to The Big Inside. After a long hiatus, it's been like 16 months. The big, are you glad to be back, Scott? Oh, yeah. This is good. This is a good thing. This is a it's. Well, hopefully. We're going to make it a good thing. But we're not totally back. Well, we are back, but we're not totally sort of back, we'll say, because we're only doing a short run series. Me and Scott, we talked about it. You know, we said, why don't we bring it back and keep it limited, see what we can do. We're just dipping our toes in the water. We want to, you know, see how this run goes, then do another run after that, and hopefully get back to our once a week format. For now, every couple weeks, we'll be releasing an episode. And today, we're just diving into a gigantic topic because, you know tomfoolery and shenanigans are what we do best so why would we do something small it's the big inside after all we're diving into the topic of motivation overwhelmingly massive right taking this on but you know it's it's we're doing it because i mean obviously it's a hot buzzer topic in the gym and fitness world and whatnot and the reason is coaches like myself and scott and instructors who have this sort of long history with people we're always confronted by philosophies of motivation, like at an alarming rate, true confrontation. Um, and it's like this talking about this is what we said. We got to bring the show back. We got to discuss these things because, you know, <laughs> we think our voices are important. <laughs> God, I'm so full of myself. Um, it's amazing. I'm like, because we're important, Scott, we're we yeah. our voices. Well, there was we a. Are. There was a gap. There was a gap in the in the stratosphere of thought. <laughs> it needed us all along. We're gonna fix it. Um, welcome to Trump's America. No, it's not. Um, for openers, though, we just want to go on saying is that we're not experts on the topics of motivation. We're not like you know we're not carrying massive degrees and research and whatnot. However, we have decades, both as individuals as well as both of us, on this topic. You know because our work as coaches always gears toward the philosophy of transformation, human development. You know, these strategies we've been working for decades, I wouldn't say we're like life coaches because that's a cliche and that's a totally different thing. But our work, you know, it's creative. It creates leaders. It's analytical. It's, it's explorational. And it usually slams dead on into what motivates people. So, you know, we decided this would be a good opener to get the dialogue going. Um, of course, everyone is so cocksure they know what motivates them, you know, it, especially when you look at like social media and YouTube and Facebook, every third, especially like every third dude, especially 
if they've got like, you know, a six pack or every chick who's got like this perfect curvaceous figure. It's like they are the like they're the authorities. If you want it, you got to get it. They're like, you get it. And this whole like this attitude thing comes across. Uh, if you've even tiptoed even slightly into the fitness side of social media, you get it constantly. And it's really like this riff off the business world. If you want it, if you want to get rich, you go and you get it. And this whole weird attitude. And um, it's not, it's something about it doesn't feel right. There's a fly in that ointment. So we said, let's talk about this because I know that I'm intuiting. And I know Scott intuits that sometimes it's about something other than just sheer brute force. Um, the blunt force effort is not always there. I mean, uh, Scott, like you have, you get this all the time with people, right? Or do you? I shouldn't, I just, look at me putting words in your mouth. Because um, these are the words America needs, right? My words, like as if I haven't talked enough. What I'm saying is like, I get athletes all the time. I had a call just today. Hi, John Krause from a guy who is like, give me motivation. He says, he was like, I, I underrested. I didn't eat enough. I have to go to the gym. You know, I, I want motivation. What do I do? Guide me through this. And I'm just sitting there saying like, wow, put in a quarter and get motivation out. Where does this attitude even come from? I have lots of thoughts about that. But how often do you see people coming in like this guy who, who just sort of have this dragging thing and they're sort of looking to you somehow like you're just going to ding, make them have motivation? Do you get this a lot with your clients? Your stretching clients, your fascia health clients? Um. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it may be direct like you're saying where they – they tell me about like their lives and how they're not motivated or how they are or what their goals are. But, but yeah, no, you, you get this directly or indirectly uh, a lot of times, but the thing is, so um, <clears throat> we, it's trying to figure out the root of where that's coming from. As far as like, if the person's feeling, like you said, that guess the guy feeling low energy, tired, like, like, why is he depending on you for his motivation? That's another big question, too. So, I mean, but it could be bodily sensation, could be pain, it could be, you know, whatever, um, a physical manifestation, of, and then, and then the, them not being able to, to kind of befriend it and be with it and figure out what that what that's coming from or are you uh, saying? What that might be. And I agree with this. If you're saying this, I'm just gonna yeah. un- unpack what you said there befriend yeah. it use that word befriending the demotivating source so you're saying like because yeah. i agree with it I, it's one of these things where um if i had if i was motivated to deal with what was on my plate mm-hmm. that's going to just trigger motivation within me this is very eastern philosophy level stuff now where right. if i'm motivated for something even if i don't like that thing if i'm motivated to work with it I'm likely Mm -hmm. to get the next thing. And I think that so much of the fitness world, again, this is anecdote, this is opinion, this is shock radio level stuff. So much of the fitness world is geared toward denying the idea that you have to work with anything bad. It's all about get the thing that's good, get the amazing thing. That I think people, people conflate the idea of motivation as always being about amazing stuff as opposed to almost being like what you're saying, befriending it. And, you know, I got a lot of friends who I want to smack in the face but i don't stop befriending them is that what you're getting at when you your clients you deal with like stretching and fascia and development and uh a lot of times there's like healing that they're not even aware of i'm sure right 
Is that what you're trying to do with them is sort of like get them out of this, I want something for my body state and get them into just dealing with whatever the frick their body is? Yeah, I mean, um, so let's put it this way. The body is sort of like, um, it's a communicator, a grand communicator. So am I. And And it communicates a lot of our unconscious self. It's just a lot of times we can't translate these communications if they are pain or lack of motivation, sadness, depression, wherever that might be. There's always a physical manifestation of this, you know, including, you know, you know, uh, that's why I've experienced in my work with the body work. So like, so, and and I I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not playing dumb here, but are you saying that like, um, I am dumb. No, but are you saying that like, sometimes the physical manifestations aren't reactive, meaning like, um, I'm depressed and so I'm walking this way, but could actually be the opposite. I walk this way and it's making me demotivated. Is that, do you right. think that's common? Oh yeah. It, it could be either from organ or from tissue or movement or like past trauma. It could be like emotional trauma, psychological. It could be just repetitive motion of life of whatever the person's life's like, or even like, um, trauma, like acute accidents or anything like that. Like whatever it could be car accident, uh, wherever that might be or injury. Because this but is a radical, yeah, it's a radical, it's a radical push in the face. Because most people think like, think like, oh, you know, he's not motivated, so he's slouching, he's you know loafing, he, the, the, as if the physical comes purely out of the attitudinal. And right. I think that what we don't look at is how the attitudinal sometimes is being slowly groomed by a physical thing. So let's just say, like, I sit a lot when I in my day job, you know, uh-huh. myself, and I'm sure a lot of other people do. Now, when I get up. There's like this tightness in my back and my hamstrings, which is everybody knows you sit too long, that's going to happen. But then it makes me, it feels like laborious. So I feel like then I'm like, I feel like I'm in traction as I walk around. And so then I'm like, oh, and now I got to go out and ride my bicycle to the gym. F that. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. And I don't, it's amazing how I don't consciously connect to the fact that maybe it was the fact that the physical thing I was doing for six hours is what's demotivating me, not, oh, I have the wrong attitude. I'm demotivated. You know right. what I mean? It, it that yeah. actually my body has created an attitude that was right under, like, like you said, I couldn't translate it subconsciously. I couldn't translate it. Right. Um, this is a, uh, it's just interesting to think about. You work with a lot of people's fascia and the connection just for dummies out there fascia is the like the sheath of the muscle that connects to the tendons it's kind of if you think about it without that the whole body would fall apart so it's this integral sort of uh, tissue that we have in the body that's all over joints and muscles and whatnot but yeah so you work with fascia and how that can then talk to me about how it like integrates back to organs like how like say you know the the tightness in my shoulders could you know, make my pancreas flip. I'm just making shit up now, but, but like, give me that kind of like connection. What's going on there? Well, um, there's, there's some scientific studies and also a lot of theorists on this, but since I've experienced the, um, initially was, was called the, it's called resistance flexibility and strength training, uh, which is, uh, I've taken a little further now and adding a lot to other different aspects of that to help, um, with, uh, nourishing our nervous system. But the thing is that different uh, – we're going to go another tagline that people may not know about. Are, we're going to talk about nerve meridians, which are these nerve pathways that, that run through our bodies. 
and go through different muscle groups, but then connect a different organ in our bodies, which the Chinese medicine uses. Um, so, I mean, there's when someone, so say we go to the gym, right? Someone wants to work their, they really want to work their biceps. And so biceps obviously is a, a, a thing that people love to have just because it's a, whatever, an ideal in bodybuilding, a big bicep, so then you're the best or whatever. But, or the I guys. am the best. So My biceps are small and I'm the yeah. worst. So there's, um, but when people don't just, people don't think about this though. This is a, our biceps are muscle, but what the nerve meridian that runs through there is the heart meridian. And so our heart emits so much energy and there's so many things that it does. And so like, um, it's interesting to, to think about that when we are opening up tissue in our biceps or, or closing it off, we could be increasing blood flow or energy or life to these organs or causing the, causing the opposite, which can cause us to act, uh, or have certain habits or act certain ways because organs are like people within us and it's more of a Chinese medicine approach, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. And you, you, you drop that bomb yeah. that I know everyone's probably like snickered about two minutes ago when you said a lot of scientific research has been, and then that's an easy way for us to bullshit, but it's true. Right. I mean, I, no, I, I got some stuff in front of me, uh, but the thing is, um, well, I mean, it's, go ahead, nothing, go ahead. It's nothing like, Nothing that's completely specific, you know, like uh, being the one and only study. But there's been a lot of scientists that have been kind of like uh, analyzing around these things, like getting close to having uh, that that uh, whatever like that exact quantifiable research because it keeps showing up in all these different areas. I think, yeah, and I I didn't want to debunk it. What I was more getting at, yeah, yeah, we should probably like recite it. We'll give a couple little clues later on, but um, yeah. What I was getting at was that how the, um, you know, a lot of people will be first to say, oh, they're just citing the the fluffy, hippy, dippy stuff. But uh, I can yeah. draw a dir- direct correlation. I mean, you know, my family, right? The, we die of two things, old age or cancer. I mean, I would love to have a relative get hit by a car. I don't really, knock on wood. I don't want any of my relatives get, but it's like, we don't die for any other cause except getting really, really old or getting cancer. And that's that's just how it is. Now, both of those things, getting cancer or getting old, you know, uh, affect, um, Scott's fuddling around. Sorry about the noise in the background. Um, like the, both of those things can affect, obviously our organs. Like for example, my father passed, uh, pancreatic cancer, the earliest symbols was mood changes. And as he went through the process, it was really one of his most frustrating things was that he couldn't really regulate his good moods. The pancreas is so connected to um, so connected to uh, you know, serotonin and these sorts of hormones that help us regulate our mood. And my dad was, uh, you know, it was it was one of the biggest frustrations as he as he was dying. So we can all buy into the fact that okay, this organ, you know, can make this mood shift in the in the face of cancer. And yet, in our day to day lives, a lot of people want to call, you know, bullshit pseudoscience when we suggest that hey, maybe this same thing is happening at micro levels on our daily life. That the way we move train, workout, exercise, is having impact internally on organs that would regulate our mood, our thoughts, our psyche, our psychology. Is this sort of what's been fascinating you over these, you know, past few years as a both current and former athlete and what that's done to your own, is that, you know, I mean, now I'm putting words in your mouth again, but is this where you were going before with this citing the research? Well, no, I just, I mean, the, 
the reason I say it is that I, I've had the I have the experience of having my fascia open or my scar tissue and experiencing what that is. But over the last five years, and so, um, you know, it's and it makes you think a lot more because like memories come up or ways of being come up. And it's very acute and it's like right in your face. It's like uh, you can almost relive a moment of your life, you know, in that instance when the tissue opens up. I mean, everyone's different. Maybe they, they relive it or, or try to, or it shows up like a week or two later. But for me, it was always immediate, you know. So, but, um, you know, it's, but I've always been like trying to, not trying actually, every second I've been able to find something that would give me the answer I've always been looking for if it was like in personal training or functional training or athletic training or or the fascia or or just like just uh, learning more about the body and myself you know I've always been intrigued with that so do you, so right now how would you classify things that demotivate you like you've been an athlete since you were like in diapers and you know you were lifting you know <laughs> before puberty. I mean, you, you've been, you've been, this stuff has been in your life forever. So, um, do you think that the process of the lifting and the athletics, hockey and whatnot have demotivated you for athletics from time to time, just because of what it, the physic, what it physically did to your body? Um, I mean, I don't, I'm sort of, I don't think it, I'm making an analogy to like, um, how I was talking about how like I'm, I get up from my chair and I'm stiff and that demotivates me to work out. Do you, have there been effects for that on you for, uh, throughout your own career? I don't know if it's demotivation. I think it's more of just like a sobering moment of feeling my body and then learning about what worked for me in that in the way I was having myself within a sport or training. Not It doesn't demotivate me. If anything, like, I mean, at first it might have in the past, but not like a long term. But I, I, that's, but that's the very thing that I'm talking about. Like, th that's the very thing that motivated me to learn more, and that still does now. And so, like, the, um, so the, the, uh, that it didn't really derail me. It, it made me like ask why, you know? Yeah. And so I don't think a lot of people do that because they, they're only going for superficial things because oh, our country is pretty superficial. I mean, in God Eastern forbid culture, you say that, sir. No. <laughs> well, no. I mean, we are though. I mean, like in Eastern cultures, they they go much more deep. They don't just be like, "Well, well, I hurt, so then therefore I should take a pill, so I don't have to hurt," you know, or whatever it might be. Or why do I feel these ways? But we we I don't know what the but the thing is. Oh, yeah, it's I used it to, to motivate me because I wanted to to endure, but also learn about myself and my body, which is a huge thing. You know, which I think is. I agree. I think, um, I think that's, you know, it's interesting because we tend to want to make it like this hard line in the sand, Eastern and Western. And, and we forget that right now we're living at a time globally where there's so much transitional attitude. I mean, because for every time we can say that there is, I mean, uh, you know, that Eastern philosophy espouses X, Y, and Z thing, we can point to entire, you know, millions of people who are actually living in the opposite of the philosophy that's supposedly Eastern and same thing here in right. the West, you, you know, so we can really only talk about these things as like, you know, stars in a constellation where it's like, okay, that over there was the Eastern philosophy. This, the, this over here is the West and down here on the surface. Well, well it's, it's a little bit more of a mix. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Let's just say belief structures are different. <laughs> sure. There are. I mean, and that those beliefs obviously shape, well, how a culture behaves. And this is a whole nother 
Yeah, this is a whole other. I didn't want to go there too deep into it. But, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but I just wanted to mention that though. So yeah, yeah. I um, I think that's what uh, what I think I would you know just sort of looking at the clock on the wall and more about wrapping it up. The one thing I want to really focus on uh, for myself as well as for people I coach is the old observation first thing. Is the old if you can be motivated to look at where you're at a little bit better, you're going to figure out what elements are demotivating you. Now, you can dig deep into that and find out like you found out that the fascia affects the organs, affects the attitude, affects the mood. You, know, you, if you, you can get that deep if you're observing. But most people, it's this transient idea that you just take an attitude, you force it, you fake it till you make it, you force that attitude into your head, and then magically at, at a certain tipping point, you begin feeling that attitude that you're going for. And I don't necessarily think that that put the demand ahead of the observation is really is really practical in the long run. I think that what it does is it actually can create more constriction, which is the opposite intention. People want to get more motivated, and so they start forcing it. And that force becomes a constriction on their thinking, and, and certainly, even, even if not on their thinking, on how their body is operating. So often we ignore an injury, ignore a limitation, ignore a range, you know, yeah. and it's it's amazing how that demand set that which we're saying is Western, just for sake of argument, that that Western attitude of demand and get what you want, ironically shortens your your capacity to get. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you agree yeah, with that. I, oh no, I do. Uh, I'm gonna re. I'm gonna kind of reward it from my experience of like of what I'm learning here. That's a good idea. And so, uh, physically, let's put it this way. Um, let's put it this way. So when you go to the gym, like people go to the gym, they're motivated to whatever, get more fit. But like each time they go to the gym and they work out and they may not take rests, but each time they go to the gym, it dehydrates our body, which removes water. Water is flow, right? Water will give us flow, energy, chi, you know. But the thing is, so. We must. It's it's whenever we rest and recover is whenever we gain water in our tissue. We lose water when we work out, but then water gives us that flow in our bodies, and so that's sort of like symbolic of like, well, how can we get flow if we're always removing something the the very element that gives us that? Um, I know this is a little more you know kind of easterny, but it's well, it but it has. Sense. I think it has a practical western. I think that what yeah. you're saying is that like if you think about yeah. it. This is dummy science. This is false. Don't write me emails telling me I'm wrong. But if there's less water in your system, yeah, things won't flow correctly. And so then you'll right. have more exactly. stagnated operations. Exactly. Yeah. So even though you're talking about it in the symbolic and people will be like, oh, that's not my philosophy. And F that flow my ass. Just pick up the weights, you know. But right. there is a reality to it. There's a very practical reality, the idea of like yeah, that dehydration. Is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. And um, there's another thing I just want to um, make a note of. It's like whenever – I don't move, and I'm like, so say one, say someone's demotivated. Them for for them not to move and is going to be what's going to make them feel continue to feel demotivated because the blood gets stuck, is what my experience has been. When you and say stuck, is, I mean that's the that's the, like the dummy science term. Yeah, does, for, does, what does that mean the though? Blood will, it'll like it it will have it won't have oxygen. It won't move. Let's just say the blood doesn't move. It clumps together. It's deoxygenated. It's going to be kind of like thick, viscous, like motor oil. Which is like caramel? Can mine be caramel? Yeah, it could be caramel. Whatever you want. Molasses, <laughs> whatever whatever thickness you 
you know, well, that's um, what I that's but, what I say every Saturday night. Hey, go on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this but this stagnation causes us to act. We act it out, and I I've, I felt this too. Like today, I was doing a lot of work, and I was sitting down for a long period of time. But then I went on my rebounder, and I jumped for just five minutes, and immediately like. My outlook on life was different. I was I was more excited. I you was just jumped around. You just jumped around. Yeah, I, yeah. The the um, uh, I got this awesome rebounder for my mom. What's a and, what's um, a rebounder? I, I don't know. I well, really don't fancy, know what it is. It's a fancy name for a mini trampoline. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, well, but okay. Thing is, though, the, this mini tramp this this mini trampoline um, they, it's made by Cellasizer. They they it's got like really high quality springs. Um, from materials that NASA uses, so it's pretty awesome. But it use by jumping, you can use G forces to help. It'll open bounce up you to the moon. Up. Yeah. No, exactly. No, it's a and that's a whole other topic. But uh, that <laughs> jumping to the moon helps, helps move blood and open your. Lymph. I see. Every time of you course, jump up course. and down, it opens and closes our lymph. Yeah. But when does that happen in our normal day life? When are we ever upside down or or jumping like that? Yeah. Or really never. So like we get stagnant and we get stuck. And then so then that's what our lives is. So then that you get the question like, oh, I'm not motivated. I'm stuck. I feel this way. And so, well, it's sort of a symbolic like symbol of like how our bodies. Well, it's, sim- it's, a, it's not yeah. only symbolic, it's significant. That, that yeah, motivation significant. So significantly is. Significantly symbolic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That motivation is, you know, that if you're in uh, spaces that are stuck, you're going to feel stuck. So that's where I go back and say, well, people say, well, now everyone's going to say, well, I can't just. Jump on a trampoline at my job. I don't know. I'm assuming well, everyone. Well, anything, I'm assuming everyone yeah, who listens anything. to the show talks like that for some reason. But you can't just do that. And I say, <laughs> I say, uh, you know, I listen to the big inside, and they'd say all this crap about jumping. No, but like so seriously, like the um, what am I doing? I'm killing the show we just started. So like the the thing is, is that you can't. <laughs> it's the end of us. We can't. Uh, you know, just jump away from our job and start jumping on a rebounder. But right. that's where I say though. That's what I was getting at earlier that if you can after you leave that space if your first observation is how am i stagnant not why can't i be not stagnant if you're if you first observe the qualities of what made that demotivation then you can address it after the fact you know meaning like you said okay i was sitting rather than saying okay i'm going to get up and i'm going to force myself mentally into a motivation state you said oh you know what i'm kind of stuck let me get the lymph nodes and the blood moving again ah now i can go out and do my biceps or whatever i don't know what you do in the colorado scott's in colorado by the way folks in the snow or whatever you guys do shovel snow i don't know what you were doing yeah. but um <laughs> the uh, no but the, the thing is that we have that we rarely um, take that pause that observational pause to look at what all the factors were in demotivating us and how they could have been physical, in which case, okay, I can address it physically instead of getting stuck in the quagmire of, damn it, I'm not motivated. This is the other voice of the people who listen to the big inside. I'm not motivated. Why can't I just just be motivated? I got to, uh, like the YouTube video said, I got to do it. We don't do that. And that that's sort of like, I mean, for me, that's my finer point on this is like, okay, your motivation is often not a, a mental deficit. Yeah, you got to have a good attitude. You got to choose it. But there's a whole tidal wave of factors, like you just talked about, Scott, from your personal experience, that lead up to what makes that brain sloggy. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh God! I just Slog. killed Scott. 
sloggy. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> what have we what have we learned today? If your brain is sloggy, jump on a NASA made trampoline. That's Leon. definitely going into Urban Dictionary. <laughs> are you going to are you are you gonna try and jump to Jupiter? Uh, you know, I, uh, I think I might. You know, since you uh, brought that up, <laughs> because I because I don't want you jumping to Uranus. <laughs> oh, oh. I, I wrote that. Something like that. Yeah, and he said, <laughs> <laughs> "You you literally you can't go above thirty thousand feet without me making a Uranus joke." I mean, come on, it's just the inevitable. Um, I'm a child. Anyway, so um, this was good, Scott. I think this was a good first go. Yeah, I like it. This was no, I like where we. Yeah, I like where. It's, I feel motivated to 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 go again. Yeah, no, to, I, I feel motivated too. I feel like uh, the show kind of uh, helped helped us find that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we did the show, folks. You're listening to our therapy. No, right. but on that note, yes, yeah, but uh, and everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> let God, my therapy. I, I I'm sorry for the two listeners out there. I'm sorry I made fun of your voice. Um. Anyway, that does it for this episode. Thanks for stepping in. Thanks for stepping inside the Big Inside. You can learn more about this show and other shows at thebiginside.com and find out more about Scott at aspirestretch.life. Meanwhile, we love your feedback, so become a Big Inside Big Mouth by dropping us an email via our website, thebiginside.com, or joining the discussion on our Facebook page. Today's show was sponsored by Saisei Sports, makers of the new pre-workout formula. Oh, I gotta get some, I gotta slow down myself. Pre-workout formula. It's called Rekt. R E K T, as in you wrecked the weights. You so you're so massive. Did you know that the majority, maybe all, pre-workout formulas are made with really low quality ingredients? I mean, this is how they make money off of us. What's listed on the label? I mean, am I right? It's truly on the package. Oh, but it's not always the best grade quality. So they're not lying to you. What they say is in there is in there. But it's it, you know it's like it would be like buying a loaf of bread and it's you open it up and there's bread in there but the bread's stale. You know, it says it is what it says it is, but it's not a good quality product. Well, the guys at Saise Sports decided to cut through the hype and make a pre-workout formula that's only made with high ingredient high quality ingredients. And the difference is astounding. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a supplement guy. I'm not a I mean here and there, but I'm not a big supplement guy, but I have to say you know they sampled me up, and the, the difference is astounding. Um, I mean, forget what you know about pre-workout formulas, because what you've probably experienced up until now from other pre-workout formulas is the result of low-quality ingredients, and that's sort of conditioned your expectations. You know, they're all lower quality than this product, wrecked. When you experience the ingredients as they were meant to be ingested, you're going to be shocked with how much energy, mental clarity, and stamina you're going to experience. Plus, higher quality means you use less Comparable to other brands, Rekt saves you money by removing the need to overscoop. You can learn more about Rekt and buy it for yourself at SaiSaySports.com. I'll spell that. S-A-I-S-E-I Sports.com. SaiSaySports.com. Your best, reborn better. The program was also sponsored by the Next Level Leadership Program based in Boston. The Next Level has been the premier program created by the Phys Academy to help those with a passion for strength sports and bodybuilding use their talents to create real-world leadership. The next level student athletes work together at a, in a small team to learn not only approaches to the competitive strength and bodybuilding sports they love, but how to take those skills they've learned and apply them to things like business, personal growth, and social leadership. Learn more about the next level and learn how to enroll on a team at thenextlevel.me. And lastly, we've been brought to you by Scorpio Creative, a boutique design, branding, and marketing firm specializing in small businesses, especially those within the fitness sector. Marketing is the key to, ma- to many businesses' profits, yet too often people try to take the task on themselves, becoming overwhelmed or getting shoddy results. Yet, 
The big firms tend to overcharge and they limit the services they provide. Scorpio Creative gives you an option by partnering with you on all your creative, branding, and online marketing projects. So get your small business up to speed today by visiting ScorpioCreative.com. If you like what you hear on The Big Inside, please consider donating to on our website, TheBigInside.com, or becoming a sponsor of the show yourself. Info is on our website, and we need your help to keep going. Thanks again, Scott. It was a pleasure. You were awesome. Yeah. Can I correct the website for myself? Yeah, do it. Plug, it's Scott. A, that's AspireFlex.life. AspireFlex. I don't believe. You were close, I, though. Stretch, flex, yeah. Yeah, no, aspire, <laughs> aspireflex.life. And you give, you know, you're you're giving workshops and regularly on uh, in th- Colorado, Santa Barbara and Boston. You are like a a tri-city guy. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. Scott, it was a pleasure. Thank yeah, you. likewise. Thanks. Today's show is produced by the Physiculture Collaborative, who hasn't mastered <laughs> URL spelling in all these years. Uh <laughs> That's the workout for your ears this week. I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN for The Big Inside, reminding you that no matter what you do on your outside, what makes it big is what's found on the inside. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye.